I'm still not feeling very well. The toxic air in the mine was horrid, and my ears are still sort of ringing. Igmit was saying one of his ears isn't even functioning very well. Firing a gun down there probably wasn't our brightest idea. On the topic of bright ideas, I sure wish we had one regarding that statue. Anyway, we're about ready to ride back to Fillmore's Crossing. I'm not looking forward to crossing those salt flats again. But a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. Y'all should just take them horses. We ain't gonna use them for nothing. They're fast and strong and they know the way. Didn't we ride here on horses? What happened to us? Somebody run off with them? No. He, he looks at uh, Igmet and he goes, You explain about taking an extra set of horses there, sir. You you seem to know what you're talking about. I'm gonna go and get Oh. His. That, I excuse me, I was distracted. You know, I, I was uh I was shooting lizards out back, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh Oh, is that what you arcs call it? <laughs> Here here's the deal, my Eastern friend. If we take an extra set of horses, that means you perverted son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Insinuating that I, a gentleman, would do such things while working. Thank you very much. My mama raised me better than that. Now, what was I saying? I don't even know. <laughs> oh, the horses. Uh, the horses. horses. <laughs> so if we take a second set of horses, we can ride as hard as we want on the first set and have a fresh set to take on the the second second half of the journey. Um, they'll, they'll be uh, far more rested um, and we'll get there far quicker. The third day is coming up. The faster we can get there, the better. Yeah, I think the the quicker we can talk to talk to old man Fillmore about um, how we're shutting his mind down, I, I think that would be the better too. Yeah, I I I, I reckon that's a good idea, uh, Mister Mininfeller. I appreciate your offer. Good luck there, fellas. Now you go stop this. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, let's saddle up, boys. All right, let's let's get moving. All right, so you guys, you guys grab the reins on two other or three. Sorry, an, an, another horse each, so three in total. And like he said, these horses are strong. Um, they're very strong looking, and they look well rested, like they haven't done any work in quite some time, and. 
they're all brown. One of them has white spots and the other one has like, like tannish spots against, uh, but the other one is just like completely brown. And yeah, you guys grab onto their reins and you start riding hard. Why don't you guys all give me an animal handling check? 13. Oh, 21. Oh, that's a nat one. Damn it. <laughs> so you have the worst <laughs> luck with fucking horses and with con saves. I've never tried fucking horses. What do you- what uh well, that's why you're so bad at it <laughs> what is your uh what do you add to that natural one i didn't know I even bothered adding to natural ones but my animal handling is a four all right you dig your your heels into your horse and as igmut starts tearing past you he slaps your horse on the rear and <laughs> 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 you kind of startle in your uh, in your seat a little bit but you manage to hang on but uh, for the most <laughs> for the most part you had very little to do with uh, getting your horse going falk you have very little trouble with uh, with your horse however and you dig your heels into its haunches and take off, kicking up dust, riding as hard as you guys can um, directly back towards Fillmore's Crossing. Igmud in the lead. You guys ride for a solid two or three hours, and um, I want you to give me another uh, animal handling check just to keep up this this pace, because you guys have made really good time. Um, Igmud was able, able to assist you Tom, anytime that your horse kind of got a little riled up or anything like that, so. That was a 15 plus one, so a 16 this time. Okay. Uh, I got a four. Oh, shit. Okay. So you start uh, shooting your lizards uh, on the back of your horse there and it gets spooked <laughs> out. <laughs> and what'd you get, Tom? I rolled my nat one around in my hands for a bit before I dropped it on the counter and got a 23. Oh, nice. Okay. So this time, as Igmet starts to lose his balance, (laughs) Tom comes up to the side of him and, like, grabs onto the back of Igmet's vest and, like, rights him for a second. And, Tom, what do you want to do? After I I pull him back up onto his horse, I just kind of give him a cheesy grin, and then I pull his hat down in front of his eyes and ride off. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to kill you. He's super going to kill me. (laughs) God damn you, you priest. (laughs) And, and Falk, you're doing fine. Um, Tom is, uh, Tom is starting to seem a lot more comfortable in the saddle, though. And uh, you're actually kind of impressed. And you guys keep riding for... Another couple of hours. Do you have any intentions of stopping or slowing down to eat or anything like that? You guys are starting to get kind of hungry. Yeah, I'll mention that I, I feel a little bit peckish and uh, and want to, you know, cool it for a bit. Like, you guys don't have to stop riding, but you do need to stop riding at this pace if you want to eat some food and stuff. And uh, have we gone far enough that it would necessitate switching the, the horses at this point or uh, not yet? I mean, you would say you would think because it's been about six hours and uh, holy shit. So that would make it. Well, I mean, you guys rode for two or three hours. I made you roll a check and 
honestly, just describing everything that you're going past is really boring, so... Yeah, I noticed that uh, that my horse, um, it's starting to get it, uh, like, labored breathing and all that kind of stuff because of all the, the shit that I backed onto it. <laughs> and so I'm like, uh, whoa, guys, uh, whoa, let's, uh, let's chill out and, and swap horses here for a bit and, uh, you know, just kind of kind of take a little break. Can we take a break on the move? I'm nodding just to see if any more bandits arrive. Well, I need to switch my stuff over to one of the other horses, so... Uh, it, that usually works better when we're stopped. Can you explain our surroundings right now? You guys are... You guys are about halfway through your journey, so it's basically just flat desert. Um, there's a lot of those uh, those tall cacti. The uh, Starts with an S. What's Saworos. the name of Saguaros, yeah. Saguaros. And a, do- a doorbell or something out here, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, I'm turning it off. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as soon as I, I stop and start, like, transferring my gear over, I, um, you know, kind of start talking to them. Um, yeah, so uh, the way I see it, we need uh, to go to Fillmore first and um, let him know that, you know, we kind of uh, shut his mine operation down. He's not going to be too happy about it, but uh, eh, what's he going to do? Oh, he could drive us out into the wilderness with a huge posse. That's one option. He won't do that. He needs us. Well, I tell you what, I ain't no huge posse, and I, I would be putting up a fight if he were to try that. Alright. Speaking of his need for us, what are we going to do about tomorrow? Uh, that's the that's the big question. I mean, uh, first off, we'll, we'll need to, to touch base with, with Boris and the deputy, and um, kind of figure out what happened with uh, with, with uh, Kelso. God, I hope that was his name. <laughs> <laughs> Kelson, I think it was? No, Winslow. I, I always um, kind of combine together. It's Kellen, Kellen Winslow. Winslow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we, we really need to figure out what's, uh, what's going on with that. But, um, <laughs> Carl... I mean, honestly, from what we got from the mines, I still don't know what exactly is the trigger. I mean, my my best guess is that it's the, you know, the the curse from the, you know, statue that's actually causing people to, to you know, experience this, uh, this madness. But I, I can't put together how that's happening. I mean, unless you got some ideas, Tom. Who's on our list? We've lost Ingrid to the madness... The man in the bar, the woman going to the camp. Well, we also had uh, either Upton Jones or the, the um, or Birdie. Um, we don't know their story. All I know is either. that the, the place was a bloodbath, so we don't know what the story is. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Birdie Nelson? The only ones that. Birdie Mickelson. The only ones I can think of where we actually know their story was Ingrid and the man in the bar. And both of them were mad after falling asleep. I maintain my theory that people should sleep in, sh- in shifts in the jail cell. Hey, speaking of sleep, didn't you say you had some sort of weird dream uh, the other night? Yes. It involved the man in black. Oh, well, uh, yeah, he he's part of this uh, somehow, but I, I don't think he's the, the thing causing the magna- madness. Pretty sure he's what's causing all those miners to cough up their lungs, though. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I don't think I even remember to tell you. I'm pretty sure that uh, the dragon that I talked to turns into that uh, that singer or guitar player at night, or whenever he wants to, really. The dragon turns into a guitar player. I think you've been breathing those fumes for too long there, Falk. <laughs> well, uh, funny you should mention fumes, because, yeah, the exact same fumes that uh, that thing spits out are the same that uh, our, our friend the guitar player leaves behind every time he just disappears into nowhere. While I acknowledge your authority on dragons is greater than mine, can't say I've ever heard of a dragon turning into a person. Yeah, I mean, not much is really written out down about them, but I mean, you know, uh, they're magical beings, and magical beings often had the the ability to polymorph. As you're saying that, I start to get a look in my and, and kind of look off into the distance as something occurs to me, and I say, "What was that you were shouting to us down in the dragon's lair <laughs> as we were running away?" What? <laughs> you mentioned the director. Yeah. Um. I mean, what kind of vibe have you ever gotten from him? Have you spent any time with him at all? Alone, with without other people? No, and I don't care to. Well, uh, we had a moment back, uh, after we had killed that vampire. And we were trying to get the girls free. Uh, I was, you know, executing my, uh, my perfect plan there of distracting, um, my friend Humpy. And, um getting the, the paperwork damaged so I'd have to redo it. And, um... He caught me. He had me dead to rights. He knew what was going on. And, um... He pulled me to the side in the elevator and, um... said as much. And, uh... He also mentioned that, um... He was going to help us along. Um... And that sometime I would have to, um... return favor in kind if he should ask for it. And, uh, while all that was going on, I saw his eyes, um, they, they changed and, and they became just like that dragon's eyes, you know, with the, the up and down slits, you know, they were no longer just round pupils like me and you have. It was, um, it's fucking frightening, dude. Help us along. What has the director ever done for us? Well, he made it so that we weren't, uh, you know, executed for trying to help witnesses ex- uh, escape. I see. All right. I don't understand this workplace drama or the sexual undertones of Fox's relationship with your boss, <laughs> but uh, we've got a town to save, and I reckon we, we best get going. All right, we can kind of get moving, but uh, but yeah, we can definitely revisit this at some point because um, I'm I'm not so sure that uh, that the FIA or, or maybe even the Imperium as a whole are really the good guys in a lot of this. Oh my hell! Do you think the the Imperium are the good guys? Good <laughs> lord! <laughs> They send out their armies and their builders and their miners and just take my indigenous land, land that's been in my family since time began. And you think they're the good guys? Good hell. What say we get going? Time's a wasted. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh yeah, once <laughs> once a half orc gets political, y'all want to go. I'm already go. getting up on my horse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah Donnie. Roll an animal handling check. Yeah, Donnie four. Donnie sixteen. Some bullshit. I need an animal handling from everybody. Uh, nine plus one, uh, ten. Uh, eight plus two, so ten. Eighteen four, twenty-two. Oh shit! You guys all do. Tom does exceptionally well. Tom really well. wants to get away from this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so does my horse. And he's gone in a flash. Uh, you guys catch up to him after a little while, but it definitely takes you guys a little bit longer to get up to the pace that uh, Tom is at. My horse and I always have bonding moments over running away from orcs. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, uh, You guys keep going for another couple of hours and again it doesn't seem like anything is really on the horizon other than uh at this point all of you guys make a perception check perception uh 13 23 19 okay so oh i forgot i'm at disadvantage still aren't i from uh being outside yeah, and it's uh, it's about to be sundown, too, so you're at especially disadvantage. I'm at advantage. Oh, I gotta oh, roll okay. again. <clears throat> nope, still 25. Well, I rolled better the second time, so yeah, still uh, still 13. So everybody above uh, 17, you can start to see Fillmore's Crossing in the distance, and you think that uh, that this plan has actually worked pretty well in the next couple hours. You should be there. And it shouldn't even be that late by then. It'll maybe be eight, nine o'clock, something in that uh, area. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so, I have uh, a feeling there's a butt coming on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time for the last, uh, the last animal handling check, and that'll be if you guys can do well enough. Uh, Eleven, twenty-one, fourteen. All right. Yeah, you guys do well enough, and a couple hours later, with your uh, horses lathered in sweat, and your coats covered in dust, and also your faces, probably, and, you know, there's that that gritty feeling as you're blinking your eyes, and every time you smile, you can just feel it like sandpaper against your flesh, but (laughs) you're in Fillmore's Crossing. So, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of uh, at least myself going straight to, to Elma to break the news to him. Um, it's up to... Well, if, if you don't mind my suggestion, I think we should get the deputy just to, just to be there. I feel like that might uh, make Mr. Fillmore a bit more pliable, if you will. I feel like I could use a drink. Of course you do. All right, well... Um, yeah, let, let's go grab the deputy and then uh, head to head to Fillmore's house. All right, we'll get Bruce along too. I, I guess the more uh, more of us there, the the less inclined they'll be to posse up and try to take us on for for kind of cutting into a, their business. Who's Bruce? Oh, Boris. Sorry, oh, <laughs> I had a friend in high school named Bruce, and they kind of look like it's kind of weird. I mean, obviously the accent was different because, uh, you know, Bruce kind of sounded a lot like me, but, um, you know, 
So where do you guys want to go first? To the deputy? We're going to go to, uh, yeah, the deputy um, to pick up him and Bruce and then... Boris. All right up to... <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to fuck it up by saying the name wrong again, so I just tried to play it off like that. <laughs> all right, so let's just go there. <laughs> all right. So you guys start heading through the houses and the majority of them are made from made from uh, adobe bricks and and different roughshod materials that they can find and then you get in the center of town where the buildings get more wooden and uh like we said before there is the only uh concrete bank in town the bank concrete building jesus fucking christ i can't talk today but yeah you guys are at the deputy's office and boris is outside and he says uh oh thank heavens i thought you'd never return hello boris yeah what what happened what do you mean you're not coming to see the body well uh yeah but uh, there's somewhat of a more pressing thing the the body will remain there um, for the time no, being. No, no, um, you need to come and look at this. And Wait, whose body? Uh, I'm guessing Kellen Winslow. I just want to make sure nobody else died. Good <laughs> hell. <laughs> Alright, let's let's go in there. Um, I tie up the, the horse outside the, um, the thing there. The deputy uh, tips his hat to you. You see that uh, Ingrid is sleeping on her cot. And he says... Now this, this cannot leave this room. I think Mr. Right. Winslow was poisoned. Poisoned? So like all that, I thought he had scratches all over himself and, you know, um, lots of, you know, blood on the outside of him. What, did, did all that stuff happen from within or something? Mm, I brought over Mr. Breakfast. You know, he, he's got a little bit of experience in anatomy, things like that. You know, he's dealt with, with trying to heal folk, and sometimes those folk die. And I was also hoping that you might take a look at him, Tom. But very well, Mr. Mr. Breakfast, he, uh, he said that he thinks that he was poisoned and that these wounds look uh, uh, like they were... He used a fancy word, but they were inflicted after he died. Oh. Um, like, self-inflicted, or, like... I think someone was trying to cover up for something. Oh, man. Um, and, uh, like, what... <sighs> so he, he was left alone in here at some point? Um, he, neither you or Boris were in here? We were chasing Igma, and Boris kind of looks down at his feet, like... Oh, God. And he says... I mean, we thought that was the more pressing matter, but turns out we were wrong. Um, All right. Can Igmet um, smell the body? I mean, yeah, you guys can all smell the body because <laughs> it's uh, just under a sheet on the cot in the in the jailhouse, and it's been a day. You mean investigatively? I mean. Yeah, yeah, I want Oh, I, what? I want to see if it smells like sulfur. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got really offended there for a second last like <laughs> the fuck. 
<laughs> You're not a bloodhound, bro. Like, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and roll me a perception check? And uh, <laughs> You're not a bloodhound, bro. <laughs> I don't know why that struck me as funny. 19. Would it be weird for me to try to roll a insight check to see if, like, the what we can see on the body kind of matches up with what um, Breakfast had uh, said about it? You can try, but I'm going to set it pretty fucking high, dude. Okay. Um, yep, that's not however, how I rolled four on the die, so. <laughs> and then, uh, Tom, you can make a medicine check. So, over in the third cell from your right, or I'm sorry, from your left, is the is the one where there's a cot with just a with just a uh, sheet pulled over what looks to be a body, but it's the way that it's creating the the lumps in the blanket seem just a little bit weird. And Igmit, what was your perception again? I'm sorry. 19. Dirty 19. You don't smell anything other than decay. Alright. But definitely no sulfur. Um, 18 plus 25 for medicine. Okay, so you pull back this, you pull back this sheet, and you look down at the body of Kellen Winslow, and there are just wrens through his flesh, and at his joints, so like his elbows and his knees and his hips, he's been... He's been he's been chopped in what appears to be a very by a very sharp blade and his veins are all bulging and purple and his his face in and throat area are bulging and again like his pallor it has this purple overtone but it's also like a a deep blue tinge to him and you kind of pull out your um your dagger and you use it to kind of pry his mouth open and you peer inside and just with how swollen his tongue and the rest of his his body is it looks like like anaphylactic shock but but caused incredibly rapidly and by something that also seemed to have poisoned his bloodstream incredibly rapidly and the amount of blood that is on this cot that it it doesn't look like it the sheets have been changed or anything like that it seems like the blood coagulated quickly and so the work done with this sharpened blade didn't create a whole lot of mess and so you also come to the conclusion that that kellen winslow must have died before all of these wounds and things were inflicted upon him. And you would venture to guess that he ingested this poison somehow. It was not like injected or something into him. It was put into some food or drink, maybe. So let me get this straight. He he showed up by the stable. He was already looking rough. He already had blood. But then they locked him in the cell. And he then allegedly poisoned himself. And then he received more slicings. You don't know if he po- you don't think that he poisoned himself. He was poisoned by something that he ate or drank and then it looked like somebody must have come in 
and tried to make it look like whatever is going on in Fillmore's instead of gotcha. whatever it was that happened to him. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Would be your conclusion. How long was he in the cell alive before this happened? I mean, we we contacted you not long after after we discovered him, so I mean, the majority of the day. You know, we didn't yeah. we didn't call you until you were about to go to bed. You know, and 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 the uh, hold on, and he kind of rubs his temples, and it looks like he hasn't shaved in a while, and he scratches the side of his face and starts pacing back and forth. And Boris also looks nervous, but he doesn't really show it through movement. Instead, he kind of crosses his arms and goes into a sort of defensive position and uh, Boris actually starts to speak up first and he says, well, we we knew you was gone and so when we saw Master Igmet strolling by the well, it it was late, but, you know, no other, no other orcs feel welcome enough to stroll through here or so said my friend here and I agreed that Igmet must also be gone so we decided to go and have a word with him and well he he's really fast <laughs> and so all this had happened while you were gone I mean we we chased him for a good and that's when uh, Deputy Portnoy starts speaking up and he says I mean, we chased him for a good 15, 20 minutes or so. I mean, but whatever did it, did it fast. Um, whenever he ate or drank under your custody before this happened, um, did it, uh, who got him his food and, and water and, um, or was it one of the, the girls from the crossing house that brought all that over? Nah, Track himself brought it. Remember, we, we sent him over. He went to the crossing house, picked up some food. And then, I mean, the girls brought him lunch and dinner, but so, I mean, I think it was Andrea the first time and then, or it was Andrea both times, but track for breakfast. All right. And um, who had been bringing the the water and then also had all of you been drinking the same water? He uh, looks at a bucket in the, on the table in like the kitchenette area off to the off to the left um but front corner of the, so it'd be like nearer toward the doors and st- uh instead of you know back by the cells and stuff and there's just a bucket with a ladle and some cups next to it and he says yeah i mean i don't see no reason why we can't i mean now i do <laughs> but before you know um i'd like to do an investigation check on the water like to see if it smells weird or off or anything like that and look at the color okay uh 12 plus uh five no not really mr portnoy when was the last time you slept Um, uh it's been a bit perhaps one of us or perhaps all of us in shifts ought to watch the jail and you ought to get a good night's sleep we're going to have a long day tomorrow. Um, uh, no, yeah, I... Okay. Um, thank you. Do we have any idea what may have caused these... What do you call uh, sli- lacerations? 
<laughs> did he actually get his limbs sliced off? What did you say about that? Yeah, so his limbs were sliced at the knees, the hips, and the elbows and shoulders, and his torso was separated from his hips as well. Good grief. Um, can I do, uh, I guess, an investigation on, like, which direction all the lacerations, like, came from, and then, like, you know, were they just on the front of his body or on the back, too? And, um, you know, stuff yeah, like go that, ahead. trying to derive whether the killer would have been right-handed or left-handed or, you know, maybe porcupine-like. Um, 12, <laughs> uh, five, 17 again. Huh. So you think that this creature was quite a bit taller than, than Mr. Winslow and Mr. Winslow stands fairly tall. Um, you know, you only saw him down on the ground, but his son track was at least five or six inches taller than you were. And so you imagine that uh, whatever this was must've been pretty tall. All right. And like, were they, um, did they all start in sort of center mass and work their way out? Or is there like no rhyme or reason to, you know, which direction the, the cuts were all over? So they basically look like they kind of worked their way up and, and they kind of get uh, deeper as you get to the top. You know what I mean? So, like, they kind of start a little bit shallow at the bottom and, <coughs> and start to get deeper at the, at the top. And then the weird thing about the, the way that it was, that his body was cut up with the sharp implement is that it seems as though they just worked their way up again so like it looks like they just scratched it and then started cutting you know at the knees and then at the hips and then you know what i mean and just kind of went in an order and oh okay. then um igmet uh do these wounds look like to you any sort of uh you know blade that you're familiar with or anything mm, not not anything i've i've ever seen before that's that's strange it's, so it's not <clears> like <throat> some sort of uh, orcish thing that we're lo- looking for or looking at right here. Not that, not that I'm familiar with, at least. Oh. Well, we need to go talk to Andrea and Track. Who do you want to go talk to first? Um, I'll go to the crossing house first because I, I want to look around the the kitchen as well. The kitchen was is visible basically from the bar, if you recall. They have. Uh, they have kind of a hearth in behind the bar because it just extends back just a little ways and there's a bunch of shelves and stuff around it. And the booze is kind of kept behind the counter. And so, yeah, you can easily, you don't even have to really. Well, I want to go back there and, and root through some stuff to see if I see like, yeah, any, yeah, 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 you know, empty, suspicious bottles and, and things like that. That might have been, uh, you know, something we should see. So, um, okay. yeah, I, I walk in and, uh, you know, um, this was the place that only had the one swinging door, right? Cause the other one had fallen off. Yeah. 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 So like I, I go in and instead of walking around the, the one that's just not even there, I do swing <laughs> open the one door as I come in and, um, you know, it kind of makes that creaking noise and everything and starts like, you know, swinging and hitting the stops on, on both sides. And, um, who's, who's around, uh, right now. 
So right now there are a couple of miners that are drinking at the bar and Andrea is sitting at a table and she's holding on to her little sister Prentice who is wearing a dress and it looks like like Andrea is maybe singing to her or something and trying to get her to go to sleep and uh and and Prentice like seems to be fighting it you can you can tell that you know she's got heavy eyelids but you know is is being stubborn about the issue and Polly is behind the bar and she's currently pouring a a shot for one of the miners that is drinking there and she says well hi there I um again forget that I'm not wearing a hat and I go to tip my hat and it's not there and then I just kind of awkwardly brush my hair back and um then kind of wave my hand and say uh hi um so uh let's see uh, the deputy said he didn't want the information getting out so um ah fuck it so uh <laughs> something um has uh happened next door you know uh, one of them got like a real bad case of uh of the spurts uh, for lack of a, a better term to use and um they said that all their food came from here and that like also I'm sure you you know remember when the you know our friend and the deputy were chasing around a, a you know orc fellow that looks like our other friend and um you know they, they wanted me to come over and check out like the the food area here and just make sure everything was was clean and that that orc didn't like sneak in here and and like put something in their food so i'm just looking around for for anything that might be um you know left behind if that happened you know just trying to rule some stuff out real quick yeah i mean i mean if that if you need to i guess that's fine um only me and the girls have been back here though um but yeah 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 come on and uh she lifts up part of the counter and waves you to come behind the bar. Alright, uh, 19 on the die plus, uh, 5 for investigation. So, you start looking just around the hearth area and, you know, the flat metal piece that acts as sort of a griddle, um, and there's currently a large pot that's filled with a stew sitting over the fire, and you know better than to check any of the things that look to be more communal. And so, you know, you start looking at some of the, some of the eggs that are sitting around and then you start going through the compost bucket, um, at looking at the eggshells and carrot tops and some of the gristle from the meat that she served today. And you're just, making your way through all of the different parts of this kitchen for maybe 15 minutes or so. And you notice that there is, there's a vent on the back wall and one of the nails that holds it in isn't in the hole. So like, it's a, it looks like it's just a, like a metal grate basically and there's a nail in three of the corners but it's missing from one of them and that corner that it's missing from is just bent up just a little bit but the thing is is like you would have to be quite small and i mean 
you've met gnomes and halflings in Farport before, but they're pretty uncommon and you haven't seen any in Fillmore's Crossing at all. And you would even have to be relatively small for a gnome or a halfling to even fit into event of this size, but you can see that it does lead to outside. Um, can I roll like a, a history check to see if I'd be familiar with, um, like, you know, like, uh, sort of druidic type of spells or spells that people can use to become smaller things. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, 16 plus, uh, history two. You've, You've read about a spell called Reducer Enlarge, and you've heard of people casting it before. And you know that you don't necessarily have to be that powerful to do it. All right. I kind of also tug on the um, the grate a little bit to see if it like has play to like where it comes oh, away it from feels the wall pretty loose. easy. And, oh, okay. So um, am I able to actually like pull it all the way away from the wall? Without any effort, basically. Oh, okay. And then, um, like, is it, can I put it back into the wall and the nails go right into place? Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, it almost, like, as you're trying to line it up, you touch one of the nails and it just feels a little bit tacky. Uh, tacky how? Like, sticky? Like, like, sticky tacky? Sticky, sorry. Oh, okay. I realized that I was talking about a nail and then I said tacky. It was like, wow, <laughs> good adjective, bro. <laughs> oh, is it in like plaid and, um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, uh, it, it like, it looks like it was tacky, like sticking to the grate itself to where it, like they stay in place when you move it in and out from the thing. It, yeah. It basically feels like, uh, like, so you're, you touch this and you look inside of the hole and it looks like there is just a little bit of a substance on the inside of these holes. All right. Um, I, uh, let's see. I'm going to pause for a second and see what the hell the rest of these other guys are up to. Okay, cool. So Igma, Tom, what you guys doing? I want to make my way to the cemetery. Okay. Uh, do you want to go and see dusty barns is that yeah dusty, oh okay dusty the grave digger <laughs> so yeah you you uh you walk down the thoroughfare and past the bank and um and you head and make your way and find yourself at uh old dusty barns uh residence well hell didn't expect to see you so quick oh he's out whittling in front of his uh in front of his house, although he starts up real quick from his chair and the rocking chair starts to keep rocking behind him rather vigorously. And for an old man, he seems rather spry and his, you know, couple teeth are quite white, which is odd considering that he only has a couple of teeth. And, you know, he runs up to you and, what, what, what can old Dusty Barnes do for you? It weirdly puts me in a good mood to see him again, and uh, I just think, for the guy that has the most morbid job, he's like the most cheerful person in town. (laughs) 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 I just kind of am amused by the irony. I say, uh, hello, Dusty. How many coffins do you have on hand? 
Well, see, here's the thing, and this is going to sound a lot worse than, you know, I'm going to mean it, but I got, uh, you know, a couple, couple of regulars. I got one extra large in case Elmer kicks it. <laughs> and then I got a child-sized coffin. How well did the lids seal to the coffins? Do you nail them? I mean, does a pronghorn shit in the desert? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me about that mausoleum. How do you get inside? Well, you gotta be a Fillmore, but uh, I'm counting on the fact that his kids don't like him much, and so I'm thinking that we might get to put him in that box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking more practically. Um, is there a door? Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's that's the buildings have. Now, Tom, are you fucking with me? <laughs> <laughs> Does it seal from the outside, or can it be pushed open from the inside? Well, how else am I supposed to stick more Fillmore's in there? How am I supposed to fill it more? (laughs) 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 Really? You're gonna, like, make a comment about that, Brian? (laughs) Just in awe that Tim's doing it. Um, I'm not doing anything. This is Dusty Barnes. (laughs) Thank you. Are your coffins comfortable inside? Are they padded or are they simply wood? I mean, I'll sell you one. You can try it out. <laughs> Let me look at one. All right, come on in. And uh, he opens up his door, and it's just covered in wood shavings, as though, as though he does all of his work, all of his coffin making inside, and then goes and whittles outside for some reason. And uh, <laughs> he's got all of his coffins lined up, and there's a bed. And there is a small wood stove that has a flat top and it looks like he heats things up on it. And then there is a shelf with just can after can of beans. (laughs) (laughs) You hungry? I'll put something on. No, thank you. Oh, oh, now you don't be like that boy. And he rushes over and grabs a knife and starts opening up a can of beans. And he sets it on top of the, uh, on top of the, um, wood stove. Um, you got anything to drink? Boy, I'll tell you what. And, uh, he goes over beside his bed and he grabs this crate and sets it on his bed and it's uh, just a bunch of bottles of whiskey. (laughs) They look like uh, very cheap bottles of whiskey because they just say X three times on them. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) he uh, tosses it one to you and goes, aged to perfection. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to look at one of the coffins. What's the interior look like? They're literally just pine boxes okay he goes i mean we just you know wrap them in a cloth and and put them in there (laughs) are they roomy enough inside that one could roll over on their side he runs over um after like scratching the side of his face for a second and he lays one down and hops inside (laughs) of it and goes put the cover on put the cover on let's see i shut him in this got weird like, real quick. 
he like uh, rolls over once and he kind of knocks the cover up and he goes, oh no, 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 I think, I think I can do this without, and he rolls around a couple of times more. Like you could hear him banging around inside. And he says, if you're real careful, like you could, I guess. Here, you get out. Let me in. All right. And uh, he puts the cover down and uh, you can hear him chuckling. I reluctantly take my hat <laughs> off so the brim doesn't get bent. Okay. Yeah, he puts the cover over you and you're in. It's not too, it's not even super dark in there because it's not like the boards are so well planed that, uh, that there aren't cracks in it. So you can still kind of see what you're doing in there. Dusty, can you hear me? Dusty? <laughs> oh, I got you good. I bet you thought that I couldn't hear you. You're just in a pontax. Of course I can hear you. <laughs> Dusty, drive a, drive a couple nails in the lid. Uh, uh, what? Are you practicing a magic act or something? <laughs> just drive the nails, Dusty. Oh, oh. Okay. He starts pounding a couple nails in um, on either side of the coffin. I give the lid a budge and I say, Do some more. Drive as many nails as you would normally do. What the fuck? I am going to go over to Igmet and see what <laughs> Igmet is doing. Because <laughs> amateur David Blaine is fucking... <laughs> oh, Igmet's just at the table with uh miss andrea and he's double fisting uh glasses of beer and uh teasing his the little sister that's all he's doing the one that she was trying to put to bed (laughs) asshole (laughs) yeah i was about to say you get a lot of dirty looks from andrea as you're like poking and prodding her and keeping her awake and finally she goes Mr. Igmet, we're going to go upstairs so I can get her to go to sleep. Thank you. Just having a little fun. I understand, Mr. Igmet. And good night. Good night. And she kind of stomps on a couple of steps as she heads upstairs. And uh, you can see Prentice sticks out her tongue at you as... uh, As she's like, you know, hanging over her shoulder, going, uh, and then she went, like, it's like a playful stick out her tongue at you. You know what I mean? Like, she kind of uh, <laughs> thought you were funny. Right. I, I just yell after him, good night, little missy, <laughs> and uh, chuckle. So, that's all. You hear me. a very diminutive uh, good night behind, and then a, shh, you hush <laughs> up, girl. And. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. And uh, so, I guess, Falk, what, uh, what's going on, buddy? When I notice the, the slime in that, uh, in that vent, um, I, like, reach up on the, the top of the counter and kind of, you know, feel around for the closest glass and then grab it and bring it down there and scoop a bunch of the slime in the glass to inspect it better. I mean, you're not able to get a bunch, really. It's... You kind of can get a little bit from onto your dagger, but you can definitely not get enough to fill a glass at all. Yeah, I'm just trying to put some in the glass because I don't want to touch it directly. Yeah, you like wipe it on the edge of the glass and, uh, Igmet, why don't you roll me a perception check? Okay. Oh, that's a dirty 20. 
you see that Falk is fucking around with a with a dagger and a glass, and he's like wiping something. If you wanted, you could go over and see what's going on. Yes, I will. Um, so I I walk up to him, and um... your orcish nose immediately gets a slight whiff of that evergreen kind of piney scent, like. Uh, like it's very, very oh. faint, but as you get kind of close, you get that scent. Do Do you smell that, Falk? And Falk, you uh, you also get that smell. Um, after Igmet says that, like, and it seems to be coming off of the dagger. It smells like pine trees. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, does it come? Uh, does the smell also come from what is the residue on the glass, or just only? On the dagger, like it's reacting with. The also on the residue on the glass, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you ever smell anything like this that wasn't a tree? Yes, you probably would have actually, because I would think that Igmet would have experience with pine tar, which is why I brought you over. Oh, so with the with the grate out of the uh, the vent, like um, how big is the vent opening like altogether? It's like two feet by two feet. Oh, okay. So, like, a, a normal-sized person um, would be able to fit through there. It'd just be really cramped. They'd have to kind of be like a bishop from Aliens when he's crawling around in that tube. You still... I mean, it's a little bit less than that. Let's uh, let's call it a foot and okay. a half by a foot and a half. Because, like, you definitely don't think that you could fit in there. But, like, Prentice definitely could. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Well, to me, that... I think that's just pine tar, which which it which does have its uses. I don't know why I I, I thought it must have been from far away, some pine forest. But uh, but yeah, uh, that's a fairly common substance. Do you usually use it in vents? Uh, well, I I don't use it much myself, but I, I reckon someone could use it as a as a sealant or. Something like that to to get something to stick. Um, I kind of peer around in there. Is there anything that's sticking to it? Other than just like dust and dirt and, and shit? No, I mean, it's literally just... Uh... So do you think that the substance is inside of the vent? Because it's just inside of the holes that the nails were in. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I thought the whole inside of the the vent was like coated in that stuff. Like, oh, I apologize. I wish I would have picked up on that sooner because I was trying to bring Igmet over so that he could be like, "Dude, it's just to hold the nails in, bro. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, this I, is not the clue." I was like, I, I I thought you were talking about inside the vent. Um. Oh, but. okay. All right. So, uh, oh man. Um. So I think somebody entered here. And then, you know, use the, the tar to stick it back in there so it would fall out. Um, like, possibly... Tim, can uh, Ignat use his... I, I guess not use his dark vision, but but can he uh, make an investigation check and just look in, inside the vent, see if he sees any, maybe, like, uh, fingerprints or something, paw prints in the dust? Yeah, absolutely. Perhaps? Okay. Um, Can I help what, him what with that? What kind of check would that be? Do in do investigation. Okay. And can I help him out with that roll? 
Yeah, of course. Go ahead and so, take uh, advantage, uh, Igmet. So you can roll twice. Okay. Take the higher result. Oh, okay. So that first one was 25. Because you have better than plus five on your um, on yours, right, uh, right, Falk? Yeah, mine's pretty good, too. Yeah, so I'll just give him advantage then, because it's basically the same as just rolling twice and taking the higher result anyway. Yeah, I, I got uh, the 25 is the higher of the two. So you, you look and you can see that it appears as though somebody or something crawled through this vent and not that long ago because there really isn't that much more dust um because like there's definitely quite a bit of dust in this vent and it doesn't look like it's been cleaned anytime recently and so you can tell that some more dust has started to settle over this trail but not enough that it isn't completely noticeable that somebody relatively recently was through this vent. Can we tell the direction? It looks like uh, both in and out. Oh, okay. And it looks like you see hands and feet. Like, so you see both shoes and hands. All right. Um, what size are the hands? Not very big. The size of a child's like, uh, like All an right. eight-year-old. But not like a big one. Do they look like they're like, you know, the human sort of layout of hands, not like any sort of weird nails on them or anything? Yeah. So uh, I, I look towards Igmit and kind of raise my eyebrows a little bit and nod my head. And then I yell out, um, Andrea, do you mind bringing your daughter back down here? It's her sister, by the way. Oh, that's her sister? Yeah. Just bring her down here, whoever she is. <laughs> Well, you wait for a little while, and you think that they might be all the way up on the third floor at this point, and they probably can't hear you. Okay, so uh, I get up. Is there anybody else in the bar area right now? Yeah, there's, um, like I said, Polly is, she's tending the bar right now, and then there's uh, three miners specifically sitting at the bar um, drinking. All right. Can, uh, while he goes up to get them, can Igmet go outside and find the, uh, exterior vent? You absolutely can. Okay. All right. I kind of pat him on the shoulder as, uh, we split directions. And then I head upstairs. All right. And I go outside. So, Igmet, you go around back, and it doesn't take you very long before you can see that there is... A, a, another great this one is uh this one is about the same size as the other one maybe a little bit bigger they're not they're definitely not uniform and it's uh. about seven feet up in the air like you would struggle getting into it without like a ladder or something like that right or at the very least a stool you know can I make an investigation check on the ground underneath it? Maybe look for a track or something. You can make me a survival check and an investigation check. Okay. Okay, so the survival is a 14, and the investigation is an 11. Okay. So you see that there are two sizes and sets of footprints that appear to be going 
both to and away from this building. And they're very faint because it's been a little while, but, uh, but you're pretty positive that there, that there is the sign of, of something coming from that great directly. Now there is also a lot of other trail and stuff like that. So it's really hard to pick up exactly where it goes, except for away from the building. But you definitely are pretty confident that, that something is going in and out of that grate. All right. And Falk, you are, you are at on the second floor. You're at the end of the hallway and the, you're knocking on the door for a little while. And after maybe five, 10 minutes or so, Andrea opens up the door and she's got Prentice in her arms and she goes, what, what, what could you possibly? Oh, oh, hi. Um, how can I help you? Uh, well, um, the, this is going to seem like a weird, uh, weird question, but does, uh, the little girl there ever get away from you guys and you can't quite figure out where she gone to? She looks at uh, Prentice and she goes, now what did you do? And Prentice kind of looks up at her and I, 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 I don't know. I'm a, I can't, I don't want to talk as a little kid, but um, like, she just kind of <laughs> looks up at her and says, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, uh, there's a great downstairs in the kitchen that leads to outside. Um, it's easily removable. And uh, there's a bunch of prints that are, you know, roughly about her size, um, leading in and out. Prentice's eyes get really wide. She doesn't say anything, but her eyes just get very obviously wide. And uh, Andrea still looks rather confused. So, uh, little girl, um, look, I'm not trying to bust you on, you know, just getting in and out. Like, uh, you know, kids do stuff like that. I want to know, are you the only one that knows about that way in and out? And she shakes her head no. Uh, how many other people know about it? The man. Did you just say the man? Yeah, he, he gives, he, she says he gives me candy. He gives you candy. Uh, why don't you describe this man for me? She, she says that he, uh, he's tall and, uh, he... Like, she kind of describes, like, very general um, features. She says that he has a big nose and uh, that he's wearing mostly black. Is it the same man that plays guitar here sometimes? She shakes her head no. Huh. Um, is, is it human? Or is it he human? She kind of, like looks at you funny for a second and then says then she nods her head yes does he ever ask you for anything in exchange for the candy she nods her head yes what kind of stuff does he ask you to do basically what she explains to you is that once yesterday she was just told to uh put this special salt on on a plate all right um do you still have the salt she uh, shakes her head no. So you had to go back and, and give it to the man again? She shakes her head yes, or nods her head yes. Um, 
what did what did his uh, voice sound like? Did he have a, a voice like he was from around here? She nods her head, yes. Um, and is he somebody that that other people have seen, or is have you only seen him alone, just with you? She thinks for a second, and she tells you that that she thinks that maybe people have have seen her talking to him before but definitely not not mom or andrea have you seen any of the other people talk to this person even when you weren't around talking to him she nods her head yes uh, who did you see talking to this man she says that uh that he's come into the bar and drank before um how often does he come to the bar? She shrugs her shoulders and explains that she isn't allowed to stay up late very often. And um, about how long have you noticed this man? Uh, has he, he been coming down here for years, months, days even? She kind of thinks about it for a second and she's like, not that long. Has he ever told you his name? She shakes her head. Well, uh, thank you, uh, sweetie, but, um, don't go taking any candy from strangers anymore. Um, I'm not gonna say you did anything bad, but, um, yeah, just, just for the love of Ernie, don't. Andrea don't goes, do I will? You, this, that is really bad. Ernie, damn it, Prentice. How many, tell the man, how many times did you take candy from this man? And she holds up one finger at you. All right. Um, I kind of figured that. Um, I, I think that's, um, I think that's all I need. Um, thank you for, for helping me here. Um, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that guy. If you see him, you come find, um, first tell your your mother or your sisters um, and then also get them to come and find either me my partner, my other partner or the deputy immediately she nods her head at you and Andrea says I'll make sure to to ask her on a fairly regular basis and but if if that's all sir I'm I'm gonna go and put her to bed alright sleep safe and I turn around and start going back downstairs. Um, I'm going to go back to Tom. <laughs> so, Tom, you are nailed into a coffin. What? Uh, <clears throat> I press against the lid with all my might. Uh, why don't you go ahead and roll me a strength check? Strength. <laughs> I was a 19 and it fell off the paper to a five. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a six total. It does not budge at all. Okay. Um, okay. Tom doesn't like enclosed spaces very much. He's not a freak about it, but he, he doesn't love it. So how am I feeling? Oh, you definitely, you're not, uh, you're not super comfortable with it. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a will save? Will save. What is that? Or wisdom, wisdom, oh, okay. wisdom. Seven. Oh, save is actually ten. Your heart is racing a little bit, 
You know what I mean? Like you can feel your adrenaline is kind of coursing through you, but you're doing an all right job of kind of controlling yourself. And you hear Dusty goes, all right, well, um, 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 gosh, I gotta, let me go find my crowbar. Um, I, I can't remember where I said it. Shit. Um, and he's like digging through a bunch of tools and you just hear things clattering all over the place. And he, you start to hear. I grow, in, I grow increasingly uncomfortable. I'm rolling another strike check. Okay. Ten. <laughs> it's still not budging at all. Um, why don't you go ahead and make me another wisdom save? Twelve. You're still doing all right, but <laughs> I mean, you're definitely starting to get to a little bit like it's starting to set in a lot more. But you you start to feel things clattering um, up against this coffin as he. Uh, is tossing things about this room and then finally you feel the coffin kind of shift a little bit and then you start to hear the wood creak and groan against uh, what you assume is the crowbar against it and he starts to pry it up and you're pushing along with him and after he gets to a couple of uh, areas of this thing and so yeah it, it pops open after after he goes to three different spots and you, you're breathing a little bit heavy, and he's kind of... <laughs> I don't know why you wanted to do that, but boy, you got a set of stones on you. <laughs> I slowly crawl out and put my hat back on, and I say, This is probably going to be the most unusual request you will ever receive, but I may be sending people to you tomorrow to sleep in these coffins, and I would hope that you seal them in just as well as you did me. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I just shake my head and uh, and then I say, um, and Dusty, if anyone does take you up on the offer to bed down in these coffins, should they somehow manage to break the lid open without the use of your crowbar, you'd best fire a gun in the air. Hell, you'd best fire a gun right at them, if you get my meaning. Are you fucking kidding me? I take a swig of whiskey and give him a big pat on the shoulder. Thanks for the beans. If you've been enjoying LCP D&D, we would be honored to receive a review from you on Apple Podcast Services, Podbean, or any of the other podcast platforms. Other ways you could support our show are through pledging any amount of money at patreon.com slash by buying merchandise at sonerdware.com slash LCP, or by simply sharing our content and telling people about us. But regardless of what you do, we would enjoy having you as a member of our growing community on Discord, where we hang out, post memes, and even host D&D sessions where you could play with us. The Discord link is in our podcast episode descriptions, or you can message us on any of our social media platforms, and we'll get you in. You can follow our show on Twitter at DNDLCP and on Instagram at LCPDND. Tim, our dungeon master, is on Twitter as Ida Grab Your Gun. Chris, who plays Falk Smolder, is on Twitter as Chris Riley LCP. Wesley, who plays Igmet Yazee, is on Twitter as Wide Wide Wes. I'm Brian, the player of Tom. And I'm on Twitter as Manly Brian and Instagram as Brian underscore Bridges. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you on the next one. I just started recording. Oh, I should turn off my space heater.
Brian's going to get mad at me. He going to be mad at me. <laughs> he gonna, he Is gonna that your be, new character voice? He going to be mad at me. <laughs> I hate it so much. Perfect. 